Welcome to the Green Room Podcast. It's a series of interviews we're doing over a number of weeks with individuals who've been involved in Manx amateur drama over many years, from people who have decades worth of involvement in Manx drama to those who are relatively new and somewhere in between, which I think is I would like to think without being too flattering where Howard and I, so myself, John Walker and Howard Kane here at Manx Radio, um, have been involved with. Absolutely. So we'll try and feature as many people as we can if you've got any one you think would be an ideal person to come and have a chat in our virtual green room. Get in contact. Howard Kane, that's Kane with an E C A I N E at MaxRadio.com, and we'd love to feature them. We're starting off today with a man, there can't be many people within the drama world who don't know him. That's Mr. Michael Lees. Lovely to have you in the studio. Thanks for coming along, Michael. And uh, yeah, um, well, your association, as John was just saying, that. Where, where did you start out with? with well, this? I was looking up my uh, notes, Howard, and the start of the Manx Amateur Drama Federation was in the early 1940s. Nothing to do with me, I might add. Uh, but the Easter Festival started in 1950, and the first winners were the 13 players of Bristol and the play was Canaries Sometimes Sing. So that's as far back as we go. I think there have been two instances where there was no Easter festival but that's a pretty good record and in 2025 we celebrate our 75th year of Easter festivals. And your, your own interest in drama, does that, does that go back as long as you can remember? Have you always been a, a drama Yes, and my first interests were the Guild, and yeah. my mother used to take me along to, to watch it, and then I was performing in the Guild, and then I got involved at, with the Legion players. Now, Mad for what it is, it, it is actually a union for amateur theatre. I know it's not very politically correct these days to say anything about unions but it started really as a union to bring all the groups on the island together and each group sent two people to uh, our meetings to represent whatever group they were in that was musicals and uh, drama societies and we held our meetings fairly regularly. I, at the age of 18, uh, was the Legion Players rep and, and uh, I've been involved for 50 years now, so that's all beginning to add up. I was 12 years as the chairman and twice uh, once president. Uh, all parts of the island were represented. Some are no longer exist. People like St Mary's Players, Student Players, Raven Players, Ramsey, oh. all gone now. After some years because it didn't begin uh, with the festival. As I say, it was in the 1940s, and that was purely to do with um, getting people involved in theatre. But after some years, it was decided to form a festival for visiting teams. Now, this is the important thing. People say, oh, yes, what, what was it for local teams? No, it wasn't. It was to actually encourage teams to come from across, because originally it was the tourist board, as they used to be known, who wanted to uh, involve a festival so that this would encourage people to come to the island and it worked. Um, the first one, of course, was not in the Gaiety Theatre, but in the Palace Ballroom Theatre, which, of course, is now long gone. Uh, but that's where the first one was, and then it later transferred to the Gaiety. And the first festivals, of course, were in May, to do with the May Whitson holiday, but then they transferred to Easter, and we've been at Easter ever since. Uh, that particular, when I was involved in those very early days, we were a very politically minded group. And when the Gaiety came onto the open market for sale, we became the driving force to encourage the Manx government to buy the theatre. After many months of Timwell debating the subject, 
it was put through a motion to buy the Gaiety Theatre and this was proposed by Jack Niverson. And this is the important part. It was recorded in Hansard, which is the record, of course, of Timwood, that the Gaiety Theatre would always be available for some weeks to the Amateur Theatre. So that's real gold, that the Amateur Theatre is protected by Timwood so that we'll always be able to use the Gaiety. Which is wonderful. It's, it's ama- amazing history, isn't yeah. it? That, that, a, that um, a festival like that and, and its origins, which sometimes get lost over time, people think, oh, as you say, why why don't local teams... Well, we do get local teams that, that enter, but that the comment is sometimes made, oh, why, why have we got more local teams? Well, it's to attract people. And the excitement that you get... Um, one of the things we're talking about the green room here I mean this is to pick up some of the conversations that we have after the Easter festival when touring players come there's some amazing performances we've seen over the years of saying how lucky we are to have that theatre and the fact that the association didn't start with Gerti it's something that's come to it uh, uh, later on the teams um, are now coming from the British Isles era Europe but we've also changed insofar as the only time that a local team was brought in was if we had a late withdrawal, then we'd ask a local team would they be prepared. And it was usually a play that they had on the stocks that they'd already done maybe a few weeks earlier. And that's how the amateur local movement started to come into the festival. It's now changed again and local teams can enter from the beginning now. So there we are. That's how things have changed. But in those early days, for some of your listeners, they might remember such people as... Tudor players from Manchester, very mm-hmm. popular team. Uh, the London Group Theatre, Martello were from ERA, Sedgefield, University Players Hamburg. And these teams were all winners and included only two Manx teams to ever win the Legion. Win. One was the Legion players and the other was the Russian players. And I'm very proud to say that I was in the Legion Players winning play. I was a a young lad in those days and playing the juvenile lead. The play was called Angels and Love. And boy, did we enjoy winning that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Some of the things that uh, I thought might be of interest to people who are interested in the history of the theatre, the magnificent Cubbon Trophy, which is awarded uh, annually as the best prize was given by the Reverend Fred Cuppen who was a great character mm. himself always sat in this same box every year to come and watch the the amateur theatre's work mm. but one of his rules which we had to stick to was he wouldn't allow a play to be performed on a Sunday and until he stepped down that was the rule now of course we're more than happy to have an entry on a Sunday uh, but that's how it came about um, names of some of those early people that were involved in the founding of the uh, Amateur Drama Federation, people like Kathleen, Kathleen Crow, Cowan, MHK, Betty Hansen, MHK, Olga Cowell, who was service players, all of them were really terrific members of the um, organisation. Dick Crane, who was service players, his cup is there. Jack Lynch, St Mary's Place. May Quayle, another, her daughter Brenda, of course, well known to the audiences from the musical societies. Well, her mother was a treasurer for many years of Madfer. Ori Rangham, who was Russian players, that's down the south of the island. And Van der Lambert, who was the student players. Jane Brill was Legion players. Molly Corkle, Legion. Jennifer Hall. And every trophy that we still present is named after one of those early founders. That's a great history through the years.
And I think that's it. I think it, it does have that great history and link back to so many people who've been tr- treading the boards on the Isle of Man and particularly in the, in the Gaiety over the years and keeps, keeps the names alive as well because I think even in, in my time working, some of those people you rattled off I knew and had, had done plays with or had worked with one way or another. But fame or sort of um, you know, popularity being the fickle thing it is, it doesn't take too long before unless... There is something like this. These these names just disappear into oblivion. And mm. it's a good reason to keep the cups because that's a, an ongoing debate. People say, well, you know, we've got a lot of cups. Can we give some a rest? Well, no, they are representing people who gave a lot of work to the Federation. So that's why we keep them going. In the more recent history of the um, Madfa, Aileen Cunningham, who was treasurer for 20 years, and Mark Clift, who was her partner, uh, on their untimely deaths over 10 years ago now, uh, was a great blow to the Federation because they both worked tirelessly. But there we are, that's the way it goes. In the last period of tw- the last 12 months, we've lost such names as Olga Gray, Jean Webb, Carol Clark, all presidents and all stalwarts of Manfa, and of course Jenny Green, who was a great representative mm. uh, of the, I think it was the operatic, and mm. she worked tirelessly backstage and helped with makeup and all that sort of thing. Daphne Clark, of course, was a very popular chairman. Rini Savage and Dorothy Cannon, both representatives of the DCU, and as I said at the very beginning, that's how it all started that people came along as representatives and then started to get really involved, and that's when they actually started to become permanent members, really, of, of MADFA. Of course, we mustn't forget backstage team, such names as George Crane and Tony McAvoy, who were great institutions in the Gaiety Theatre, and we long remember them and the fun that we had, because it was really fun in those days, backstage with, with those two characters, as I'm sure you remember. The characters, I think, uh, sums up very well. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the stories perhaps could will need to stay in the green room, perhaps, <laughs> rather than being broadcast on the airways. I think that would probably be wise. I think that would be probably be wise indeed um, relationships I suppose I mean the, the great thing as you mentioned some of the the visiting groups coming over I know there's been some long term sort of friendships and relationships developed as well oh tremendous there? absolutely tremendous and actually the Easter festival which is, is now renowned in the touring festival world is still considered to be the best festival in the British Isles. And I think it's partly, John, you mentioned the Gaiety Theatre. It's partly to do with the Gaiety Mm. Theatre, the fact that people just love having that experience. But the other half is they love the hospitality they receive when they're here on the island from the Manx community, both as people who support the theatre and as the people who actually help them put the plays on. So that's tremendous. And to think that we are considered to be the best festival in the British Isles, which is really great because, you know, we have had teams from Europe and from ERA. ERA just love coming to the Isle of Man. So that that's really great. It's wonderful. I mean, if you, were to, if you weren't... Uh, because Sharon and I, we, over the weekends, we, we were down in London watching, watching some plays and as amazing as the performances are, we comment on every theatre we go into just the difference between... Some of those who obviously they seem a lot more use, but that and the gaiety, the the draw. I mean, it's, I guess it's quite an effort to, to, to commitment to come over here. But when you do and to see the performances night in, night out, that of such a standard, it's one of the particularly this last year, um, the, the, the performance standard I thought was was excellent. Yes. yes. Um, but there's so much more to Madfa um, uh, uh, than the Easter Festival. Like you mentioned, Jenny Green, where I have her to thank um, for for my. Uh, 
when, when like, the young actor of man, which oh, is, yes. off, is often staged yes. around yes. the same time. Yes. It used to be one of the great things I'd enjoyed about the um, uh, the Easter festival. Obviously, the young actor of man was on at the same time. So the adjudicator would have brought both, and then you'd get all of the young actors on the stage and presented in front of the, 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 the monks community. This is the best actor on the Isle of Man. This is the young actor of man for this year, and congratulations, off you go to, to, to drama school for a week as your, uh, as your prize. Um, there are so many names that you mentioned there who've, who've got a history. Um, is there, there one particular memory that you have of involvement, whether it's the the, the festival or, or, or a different element of, of MADF, which particularly sticks in your mind? Um, well, during my chairmanship, we organised drama weekends. They were such fun. But we did work hard, but they were such fun. We went to different hotels on the island. That was really great. We organised fancy dress balls at the Empress Hotel, which then has gone on to become our headquarters. And we forged very close links with the National Drama Festivals Association. This is the organisation that organises the best winning plays throughout Britain. And then they come together one week in July to find out the best of the best. And I served on the NIDFA Council uh, as chairman and then in total did 25 years. I retired last year and my place has now been, I'm very pleased to say, been taken over by Sharon. Um, but I suppose one of my highlights, you asked me, John, uh, and this is always now permanently there at the back of my brain, one of my proudest moments was during my chairmanship, March the 30th, 2002, the last night of our festival, I went on stage before the play commenced and asked the audience to stand. I then announced that Her Majesty, the Queen Mother, had died. But the irony was that waiting in the wings to perform were the Martello players from ERA, and although Republicans, they all stood for that anthem that was played. So that's one of my great memories. The, the camaraderie, the respect that there is between the groups. It's with, with a lot of festivals you go to, I mean, we, we find this with the One Act Festival, which is a predominantly, although to, to, to a lesser extent in the early 2000s, mid 2000s, I know that there was a, an influx of, of um, UK and, and other teams coming over. It's the camaraderie that you get between the teams and the reason that they come back year in, year out. As you mentioned, part of it's the gaiety, but also it's the, the friendships that oh, they yes. build up yes. and mm. the shared experiences and interestingly enough Sharon and I we were messaging um one of the groups in, in near London for their base to go and watch one of their plays when we were down oh, there right. saying well what have they got on and we'll yes. go down and see yes. some of their plays while we're over there it's wonderful to build those connections because I mean if you go back to, to the 1950s 60s amateur drama was I wouldn't, I wouldn't say bigger necessarily but it was one of the we, we have seen a I don't say a shrinking, perhaps, or a refining of the way in which people act. There's much more on the musicals side, yes. and perhaps less so on the the, the pure. I say pure is probably a bit, yes. a bit, a bit, yes. a bit snobbish to say pure drama side, yes. but mm. more, no, more, no, exactly more, what you more, mean. More, yeah. On that side, rather yeah. than yeah. On, on, on musicals. Yeah, and yeah. I, I think audiences have changed over the years too. They really are quite an educated audience these days they know what they want they know what they expect and when they come to a festival they've got very keen ideas you know as much as the adjudicator they know what they want to see they know when it's not right and uh, you know they're they're a keen bunch oh, there's definitely this that when, when you hear the adjudications is mm, yes, oh, yeah yes. oh yes oh, well, so, <laughs> yes. oh did you see and, and yes it's definite i mean that's part of the idea of doing this series is to get a sense of um 
it is recreating that that atmosphere because obviously for, for listeners they they won't necessarily and they've, they've been to one of the festivals um get that sense of just how vibrant the conversation is after each night because there's green room each night in the uh, empress hotel after the performances and usually there's quite a lot of people that will come every night to come and discuss the plays and talk about their thoughts and as you say quite a um particular audience in certain aspects so oh, sure about that or yes. oh, 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 I really yes. like that we, we yes. were talking just before we, we, we came on air about a couple of performances where it's the use of certain props so, oh, I really like that idea and there was one we saw this last year where um, Importance of Being Earnest that won Motley and Minx um, it's Importance of Being Earnest where the, the, the lead character at the beginning comes up from one of the tracks oh, yes, that was just wearing a pair of boxer yes. shorts singing to I'm too sexy for my yeah, shirt that was fantastic away. It's, it's, yes. it's a great reinterpretation reimagining yes. Yes. of that play which yes. was a hundred and how many years old that it yes. is now yes yeah, yeah so no. is, is there would you say one one of the questions I was wanting to ask you is is there any particular play that you have done as part of the festivals that you think I'd love to do that again, or a part that you've played that I, I'd love to go back if I could and, and, and recreate that now. Lots of them, really, John, uh, plays that I've seen over the years. And as you say, sometimes now, you know, they're bringing in new ideas to the same material. And that's really exciting and really interesting. And it's one of the reasons why, because when, when you see the programme, you think, oh, I've seen that before. But then if you keep going and, and, and watch it, you'll discover, oh, it's, it's totally different, this play, and it works. So I, I'm not sure. I, I think some of the Irish plays have been just fantastic. I can think of the May, which one of the Irish teams did. Absolutely fabulous. Uh, Juno and the Paycock, you know, really fantastic plays. And, of course, what the Irish bring, that maybe some teams don't have, they have that great sense of fun, both on stage and backstage and in the green room. They really have a great sense of fun, you know, and um, really great to watch one of their plays because we don't see many Irish authors and th those plays I mentioned are all Irish authors uh, we don't see many of those and they don't see many of them in the West End so that really is something really special to have them and it always draws a very good audience the Irish teams are very popular in the Isle of Man because of their standard mm. and I, th I think yeah, that's one of the things that always amazes me in many ways when you when you look at some of the festivals or do the one acts or the Easter play festivals and such like people take it very seriously all the all the actors and actresses take it seriously albeit they're all amateurs only in as much as they're not being paid for what they're doing certainly nothing uh, to reflect on their performances but also I always think just in order to set foot on the stage you, you do have to have a degree of ego I think <laughs> and, and that, that can sometimes lead yes. to real problems and yet I, I don't know, maybe you can, you can put me right if it's other the case, but by and large, it's rather like John's saying, normally there's a great sense of sort of camaraderie. And oh, I've, yes, yes. Maybe, maybe someone can tell me otherwise, but I've, I've never sort of seen a massive, massive ego clash between the teams. It always seems to be that everyone's there to do their best, have a good time, but it's yeah. it's always very... Support, supporting each other mm. in, in drama. I think that's something... The one change I would say, and I don't know whether you, whether you agree with this, it's, I would say over the last certainly 20 years, there's certainly been a breaking down of barriers between associations yes, it was it yes. used to be very much oh, oh yes. you are part of this yes. society legion yes, players that's yes, it yes. you are legion players through yes. and through and i did i remember i used to be arbury players and there was one particular actor i won't name them for for, for the sake of the shame um, <laughs> the, 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 the um the scorn which was put upon them for for daring to act with russian oh, players absolutely. down the road yeah. all of it is is two miles down the road yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. but uh but that's certain that when that's certainly gone i mean I, I remember talking to one individual backstage at one of the um festivals saying oh, 
as much as it's great having the awards, wouldn't it be great if we could just turn up and perform and just enjoy the performance and seeing whether it's that extra thrill or the need to have those awards, which gives people the incentive to want to enter. That's you say, that's like ego competitive edge, which puts people into it. Um, But that's something that I've noticed over more recent years, which I've really enjoyed actually is seeing people relax in their drama. This is certainly the fear. I mean, I've never felt fear like it this last year when we did one performance in the one act festival. I stood backstage shaking um, before you walk on, but it's that thrill, that excitement that you get and you get backstage and um, the support you have. I mean, even if things don't quite go to plan, um, there's the support that you get from other people because they've all been there before um, in that The amazing thing is when you listen to the professional world, it's no different in their world. Mm. People get really nervous and being sick in a bucket on the Mm. side of the stage. You know, it's amazing, isn't it? So we think that they mustn't have nerves like we do, but they do. They do. It's exactly the same. Yeah. And I think the other thing, of course, which you've hinted at there as well, and that all these things, you think the amount of work involved, not just it's fine being on the stage and getting your share of the limelight and doing your piece, but of course it's none of it would happen without this whole army of all the volunteers behind the scenes, whether it's actually practically with the play itself, doing the prompt, doing the lighting, doing the sound, doing the SM, etc. And then, of course, another army of people doing all the, the admin, the setting up, the legals, everything to actually get these festivals underway. And mm. it just wouldn't happen without them. The volunteers are mad for mm. Yes. Oh, tremendous. Absolutely. And over the years, you know, there's been so many people that have come in and out helping and hopefully they have got out of it as much as we've received from them because it really is a joint effort. And also, I must make mention to the the audience, they've stuck with us and sometimes Mm -hmm. it hasn't been easy. And that's the thing, of course, with the seven nights of plays, we can't guarantee you like everyone. That's just the fun of a festival. Uh, but they still stick with it, the audience. It's amazing, really. You never know what you're going to get. No. As no. you say, there are certain... Like, I, I could never imagine of watching watching Ernest in a modern yes, setting. absolutely. Or, or, or seeing certain yes. things um, that, that, that you see in some of the festivals. But it's that freshness that, that comes to... Absolutely. That's really, uh, yeah. really exciting. Yeah. Well, you never know. As you say, just in a few days, you, you get the whole gamut in that there are people who will do like to do some of the classics there'll be people who like to reinterpret some of the classics um you'll get people who just are going to put something on because they want to put it on because they really enjoy doing it and it's the hell of actually going out and the joy of performing even though you know that they, they might not even be that worried about how well the play does in the actual competition they just like to be part of it and and perform it and then you see the ones who have clearly got everything very much targeted and the play and the cast and everything has been chosen with sort of winning in mind mm-hmm. and, and with the festival in mind. And we were talking about this just a little bit earlier. You see some pieces which are, I think, the regulars that say, oh, that's a, that's a very good festival piece. It, it's got, it sort of ticks all the boxes, as it were. And I've got a feeling that mm. some of the plays coming in the future might just be about COVID. Yeah. <laughs> oh, crikey. Yeah. That's almost like t- touching the third rail talking about COVID and in a play now it's quite a I'm not sure if we're quite ready for that it's a bit yeah. too bit too soon yeah. <laughs> although trying to remember watching the thing on Dad's Army where I was trying to say that it was 20 years when they brain, when that came out it was 20 years was it too soon yeah Probably, we're going to wait 20 years for yes. Covid plays yes. yeah, even though I think it possibly too soon absolutely <laughs> to pick up on your point there um, there Michael but just about the festival um, was the fact that people do get that it, it's all all the backstage crew they are there for that week and a lot of times it, it's that stru- sometimes societies you mentioned egos before how did you, people get that 
um, they want to be on the stage and they don't normally always have the support to be able to put backstage. The good thing about the Easter Festival is that you have that full backstage crew that are there for the week. Anything that you need, you tell them that it's there, it's available um, to, to, to them and they send everything over in advance. And in effect, the entry fee is what's paid. That everything else is put on. They get an allowance to come over and, and put the play on. You wouldn't get that in, 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 in a particular form in the space. Is, John, yeah. all those people that help backstage and take usually the week off work, mm. it, it's all sort of no money involved. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't get paid. Yeah, it's, so it's, it's just for the love of really. the theatre. Yeah, yeah. I think it would be very remiss of me not to say that the Isle of Man Arts Council have been absolutely solid in their support of the Easter Festival. So much so that I would even say without their help, this festival wouldn't be going today. So I really would like to put that on record. And also to Manx Radio, because they're marvellous. You ask them for any support and they're always there to help. So thank you to Manx Radio. And has it got harder over the years, you think, that you've been involved? Because I think well, clearly we're, we're in fairly straightened times now for an awful lot of people. And as we've been hinting at, things have changed, tastes have changed, audiences have changed, uh, the way people move around maybe. And, and at the moment, the, the big musicals are very much in, as John was saying, and perhaps the smaller straight drama pieces are not quite so much in vogue amongst the majority of regular theatre goers. Do you think it, is it getting harder to actually get people to sort of engage with these sort of festivals? Well, I think it, it ebbs and flows, I would mm. say, rather than, you know, it's, gonna, it's not on a descent. It's ebbs and flows. And one of the amazing things was that after COVID, we thought, oh, gosh, we're really going to struggle now to try and get people back. Mm. That wasn't the case. when Once the entry forms went out, they came back. And this year, it, it's just going to be absolutely fabulous for next year. The um, entries are better than ever. So, that, you know, it does ebb and flow, and hopefully we're on the flow at the moment. And the excitement of having not only the One Act Festival, but the Easter Festival. We've sort of sp- only briefly touched on the One Act Festival, um, which usually takes place at the end of February, beginning of March this year, or next year, as you say, is going to be uh, alongside and integrated with the Easter Festival for one larger festival, all performing at the Gaiety Theatre, which will be quite something to behold. Absolutely. And of course, we'll only have one adjudicator, whereas mm-hmm. they normally have an adjudicator each. Mm-hmm. This time, it'll be one adjudicator adjudicating the lot. So it'll be a very interesting festival. We'll have to wait and see. Mm-hmm. hope it works. We'll have to wait until the audience give us their feedback, which is so important. And we will then talk about it probably forever and see how we go on. The stories that there are, the stories that last for for years and years and there's always cases yes. every time we, we sit in the in, in the green there's always the old stories that come up oh well I said the wrong line at that point and I'm and we're still there an hour and a half later because it's a play within a play that the things that come back over and over again um, but it's that that gets 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 the, the green room feel and the hat and getting people uh, involved and, and still involved in, in theatre today so totally so. Totally. Well, I think that's it for this green room. It's been lovely talking to you uh, today. Michael, thanks very much for, for dropping in to our little uh, virtual green room here. And uh, yes, as you say, onwards and upwards. Thank you, Howard.